This is Resident 104.4 FM, flipping marvellous. Also available on bohemianbritain.com and the London Literary You know, we're everywhere. Oh, yes. And as you can probably hear, have a listen. I'm in rainy Edinburgh for um, a bit of a celebration, actually, because who would have thought we would have been here a year ago? It's wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. It's so exciting. I can't believe at my age to be this excited about drinking in the rain. It is just <laughs> incredible. Which I've just ordered. I'm in the company of Pip Utton, who um, I, fringe legend. I mean, just a, <laughs> a legend, legend. And I saw, I mean, I was joking about it on the Bohemian Britain podcast. It took me a while to actually get tickets for your um, acclaimed show, Bacon, uh, which is all about Francis Bacon. So um, well, let's talk talk about you first because you actually do you've got a whole kind of collection of famous people that yeah. you present on stage yeah I'm I'm one of the few people who become really grateful to be um, pigeonholed um, I mean I've no training I'm not an actor I, I'm a jeweler I'm a gemologist really yeah <laughs> and about uh, 30 years ago just under 30 years ago I came up with a show that I'd written and it was what, what made you what made you think to do that were you just fascinated with the character what was the show I mean, it's because I've got this enormous ego. <laughs> I am just so, you know, I think I'm, I think I'm the next Laurence Olivier, although I can't stand Laurence Olivier. <laughs> I'm sure he loved you very much. Well, no, yes, he spoke very highly of <laughs> yes, me, yes. but he spoke very highly of everybody. Um, no, I, I, he's, he's all right. Um, and no, I, it was just, this is a dream. This is a complete dream, and, and it's been a dream for the past 29 years, 28 years, and... And this fringe has just kept it going. It, I am sitting on top of the... I am just obviously very, very excited at the moment. Well, and so you should be. And your show's been selling out, which is, you know, un yeah. unheard of almost in Edinburgh. I mean, it's not, but it's very yeah. unusual, isn't it? It is, yes. And, and, and I'm chuffed a bit. Yeah. And it's, I, I, I love the fact that, uh, I said, the Bacon, the Francis Bacon show is the first that we saw. If you hear a bit of wind noise, by the way, it's because actually we are sitting <laughs> in the courtyard outside. Uh, we have a sort of a shelter over us. Yes, with a bit of wind noise going on. Um, but of course, the, the, um, t tell us about how the Bacon show, Francis Bacon, came about. I mean, I, 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 two reasons. One is that I actually met him a few years ago, years when I was very young. Um, and he was all right with me. He was okay. I mean, it was in a pub. Um, uh, but the other thing is, that I, I came home once drunk in 1992 uh, and decided to have a go at writing a version of Henry V, which ended up being coming up here in 1992. And it's been around the world. And so that was, since then, I've been involved in making theatre. So I kind of get where you're coming from. Specifically, though, where did the Francis Bacon show idea come from? I came up here um, with the Fringe uh, premiere of Geoffrey Bernard is Unwell. Ah. And a mate of mine was playing Geoffrey Bernard, and I was playing all the other male characters, because you can't afford a cast up here. And one of them is Francis Bacon, and it, it was after almost every other show, somebody said, you actually look like Francis Bacon. You So, being a cheapskate, I thought, well, I've already got the costume. Let's, let's, let's do it. Um, and I'm fascinated by him. Completely fascinated by him. I mean, he was, and you do actually look like him when you've got your hair on and the coat and stuff like that. And the, the, the pretense is, without giving too much away, of course, that he's dead. So yes. this is your. Oh, the wine's arrived. Oh, That's the amazing part. Thank so you very much. much. It's this is. Hello. It's what we call a fee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> cheers, cheers, Pip. Um, and cheers. yes, I mean, he, he is a. He's, he really was a character, wasn't yeah. he? And, and um, well, you obviously sort of studied him and, and 
researched him, and the, the play is presented from the point of view of him being dead. Yes. And so he's dead, and so if you're watching somebody who's dead, he has the benefit of being able to do and say anything he wants. And uh, hopefully if he does it properly, you buy into it. Um, and, uh, and I wrote it with a friend of mine, Jeremy Taylor, and we did lots and lots of research. Um, we've tried to include as much as we can of actual Bacon quotes. Um, but there is a limit to how much you can do if you're going to eventually tell a story. And it just worked from the very beginning. And what you couldn't see here, we normally have three, three canvases in the background and the lights change and the colours of the canvases in the background change and I change colour and... Uh, and it's, quite, it's a bit trippy, really. Yeah. And it's just great fun. I just love doing it. And I know he would have dismissed me out of his company within about 15 seconds as not being interesting enough. But that doesn't matter. I'm not sure. My one experience of it, and it's actually Keith Waterhouse was also in the same pub. And I was only yeah. a young lad in, in London. It was the Coach and Horses, where, yeah, of course, Jeffrey Bernard is on when he's yeah. set. Uh, and actually, he was uh, slightly frightening. I didn't know much about him. But when he realised I was a slightly green... Uh, brummy kid he actually t he was quite nice with me he was quite friendly and I, I got that when I saw your portrayal of him because although he could be an absolute monster uh, there was a kind of a warmth about him do you think he was charming absolutely charming he had enormous charisma I mean he had this spiky wit um, that that some people took as being ignorant or being nasty but it wasn't it was just his protection against the world, I think. Um, and like lots of us, he put up a protection against the world. And if it didn't like the world the way he wanted the world to be, then go away and inhabit your own world. Yeah, I loved it. I was just thinking, I won't use the, some of the lines you use in there are brilliant. I don't want to give them away, but there's some fantastic lines. I mean, his whole attitude about homosexuality, I thought. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, that's what. Yeah, that, yeah, being a homosexual used to be exciting it used to be dangerous it was illegal they could put you in prison these days it's more of a disability rather like a limp yes, thank you thank you for doing this francis then as well i also quite like the fact you bring in the colony rooms club the the yeah. regular listeners are now i wrote a thing called the london literary pub crawl and we go to new reels as it was known yeah. um, and that that was a very uh, and you talk about that here and you do a brilliant muriel as well because she had a she had a certain sort of camp Camp's not the right yeah. word, but sort of... It was yeah, a very one. sexy camp, um, husky, Eartha Kitt type. Um, oh, good evening. <laughs> yeah, and it's the sort of voice you, you dream of hearing on the end of a telephone. And then you meet the person and you think, oh no, <laughs> it couldn't, couldn't possibly have been you. <laughs> In fact, to be honest, the people that actually do say that to me, they, you know, they speak to me on the telephone and then they meet me and think, oh, I knew we were expecting somebody far... <laughs> Far more interesting than you. No, no, you're very erudite, <laughs> no, no, dear boy. No, no, that meant, no, I'm not. I, that, that, was, that sounded like fishing for a compliment. But no, no, it was. No, it does happen. And I went to the Colony Rooms Club, but not in Muriel's day, because yeah. she she passed it on to her head barman, Ada, I think. Yes. Was, yeah. And then he passed it on to, to, to someone. And it, it was only sold. Was it uh, not that long ago? Maybe ten years ago. They, there was a bit of a hoo-ha because some of the apparently Francis Bacon, or not just Francis Bacon, but other artists would occasionally, in lieu of a bill. Oh, well, Lucian Freud and uh, one or two others. Um, I mean, I think Freud and Bacon were probably the, the best well-known, but there are lots of other very, very good British artists paid their bill by giving uh, 
the bar a, a, a cartoon or a, um, or a little squiggle. Yes, and I gather there was quite a hoo-ha when the club yeah. was decided to close over what happened to that. I mean, and you've got, it's a fantastic, uh, you've got a catalogue of characters there, haven't you? So who, who, who else have we got? Who's your, who are your favourite characters? Francis Bacon, of course. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> I, I love playing the Hunchback of Notre Dame. I really, and I'm not even sure that's in there. Yes, I've got a leaflet here with, uh, with Pip's shows on there. So you've got um, Adolf, now that's interesting. Yeah. Adolf. That's frightening, it's... Um, that's been going for nearly uh, 25 years now and um, is quite frightening. It, it has a big twist. Have you not seen it? No, I haven't, no. No, I've only actually seen bacon, your bacon. Oh, you would hate me after Adolf. <laughs> really? Oh, <laughs> yes. You would hate me. And it's directed by Guy Masterson, of course. Who directed I, uh, by the great Guy Masterson. Yes, yes. I, I, I adapted and directed him in A Christmas Carol. So we've, we've got yes, a, I know, and, and I was going to have a word with you about that, because yeah. I do a one-man Christmas Carol as well, and I don't need that sort of competition. competition. And did you, because I found, I found an old script that, that Dickens had written for himself. Is that what you, yeah, did you, is that, was yeah. that your source as well? Yeah, that's what I used, yeah. And it, yeah, it sells well at Christmas, obviously. Yeah. I'll tell you a story about the Guy. Uh, Guy, when he was going to direct um, Adolf, he'd, he'd taken it over from another producing company. And uh, we were going to do the first rehearsal in Brighton. And as I said, I had no, I had no training. Adolf was written 25, it's my biggest hit. That has opened me up to the world without any doubt at all. I'm so pleased about it. We get to the first rehearsal and Guy said to me, right then Pip, would you like a warm up? And I said, I'd love a coffee and a brandy, please, Guy. And, you know, he never asked me again to do a warm-up. <laughs> it's just one sort of way of doing a vocal warm-up, isn't it? It is, yes. It warms everything up. And with the Adolf script, was that you, you, you created the script? Yes, I did, yeah. And you've got, I mean, you've won all sorts of awards and things. I mean, how is it playing someone like Adolf Hitler? You must have been asked that a few times. Oh, it's wonderful. Mm. I mean, <laughs> our, actors like to play a pantomime baddie, but you play a real baddie, and it is. <laughs> It, it, it's just a dream. So it must have been interesting, well, not interesting, I mean, without getting too deeply into it, the fact that he was able to, you know, rise to power politically and sort of win over a whole nation uh, politically. It is, and that's what, the, that's what the whole play addresses, and it's the manipulation of people who begin to worship you or even like you, and it's... And there's nothing new in it. The Catholic Church do it, all churches do it. Every politician does it. Um, you only have to watch Trump or Blair or Maggie Thatcher or any of them to realise that actually they might not be saying the same words, but they do, they do use the same tricks to get their applause. I'm going to say, did, did you actually, I mean, it's a silly question in one sense, but did you like what you found out about Adolf Hitler? I mean, not so much what he did, but what was his character driven? Uh, no, I hated, I, I hated him more than ever. Um, and I know it sounds very old-fashioned. I think he was evil. I think the man was pure evil. And I think the reason he had such an evil influence is he surrounded himself with evil men. And, and they got away with evil in, in, a, a, in a bigger, bigger way than anybody could have dreamt of. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it, it's just frightening, I, and there, there are no excuses for his behaviour. No excuses for his crusade, no excuses for any of None of them do they have any excuses for it. There was nothing in there that you found in any way sort of attractive about him? No, nothing. 
Yeah, not a jot. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there was a blade. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? If you but he too, but he too had charisma. He had power. Uh, he had that power that it's the sort of person who walks into a room and we all look at them and it's their belief in themselves you know there are some great men like, like you know I met Clinton and I met actually met Muhammad Ali and you were hypnotized they only had to walk into the room and you know you knew it was somebody that was different somebody special um, and he got that even though he was a short ass and uh, only a corporal. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> sort of a station, so what? Yeah. I mean, and the other characters you've got, well, of course, at home with Will Shakespeare. Yes, well, everybody does Will Shakespeare, don't they? It's, 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 it's an easy... I won't say it's an easy one-man show, but it is an easy one-man show because half of it's already written for you. Yes. <laughs> you know, I, I have this thing, and I talk about it... I do talk about it with Guy and others. Um, you know, a one-man show coming up to Edinburgh for an hour, you need to write 7,500 words. If you've got 3,000 words already written by William Shakespeare, you know, <laughs> yeah. you're on a winner. Good point. That was my first show, was Henry V Line of England. So yes. The greatest hits were all in there, you know. Oh, yes. It's when you see the audience mouthing them with you and, and you get it wrong. <laughs> yeah, that must be a problem. Yeah. I never actually performed it myself. I was too scared. Oh. I got another actor to do it. Oh, dear me. I, might do, I did it once for the Birmingham Rep as a charity thing, but that, was, that wasn't that was really I'm not brave enough to be an actor, I don't think. And then and other, other, other people that you've lined up, of course, Charles Dickens, someone else talking about the... London Literary Pub Crawl, we featured quite a bit on Dickens because he was sort of everywhere in London, wasn't he, at some yeah. point? Well, again, he's somebody that changed things or helped inspire change and also kept a dark side hidden away from uh, the public eye and that fascinated me. And also, Nick, I don't know what you do when you write, if you write things for yourself. Right. I write things for myself. The first thing I look for is somebody who isn't a sex symbol. They can't be good-looking. The nearest good-looking one that I do is Margaret Thatcher. Right? Because that isn't a challenge I want to take on. Yes. Uh, and once you've got over that, you haven't, then you, you're already presenting something deeper. Yeah. That makes sense. Yes, it does. No, I completely get that. I didn't know you did Margaret Thatcher. Oh, of course, play Maggie Margaret Thatcher. I just... play Maggie Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> yes, well, we, you know. <laughs> yeah, the voices are not. I was always was it spitting image years ago that the Margaret Thatcher voice was, was voiced by a man. Yes. And didn't they get they gave her voice, voice lessons, didn't they, as well? Yes, they do. But, <laughs> you know, I, it, it was the worst humour. It was the humour of the bully in the playground. <laughs> Taking taking sarcastic jibes at one's accent or physical appearance. <laughs> uh, it was just bullying. And what, so what's the, what's the arc? <laughs> lovely. What's the arc of Thatcher then? Oh, well, you, you do it as a live audience then? Yes, the, the, the thing with Thatcher is, because, you know, half the people in the world love her, half they hate her. I do Thatcher, and I'm not judging her. I play an actor playing Margaret Thatcher. And he plays Margaret Thatcher starting to do a speech, and then she stops doing the speech, and, and I won't do the voice, but I, mean, I, couldn't, I won't do the voice. And um, she says, I'm now going to do something politicians never do. I'm not going to talk at you. I'm not going to talk down at you. I'll talk with you. You can ask me anything you want to ask. And the audience get an opportunity for the next 30 minutes or so 
to ask Margaret Thatcher anything they want to ask. Oh, wow. I mean, my, in my initial reaction to that is, how scary is that? <laughs> well, and I, I promise you three things. Firstly, I will answer every question you ask me. Secondly, the answers will come from my heart, based on my religious and political background. And thirdly, you won't like every answer you get. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> and do you, I mean, so the audience then, I, mean, I guess yes. you must have a few lines ready for questions that you may anticipate. Yeah, but the audience, it, it is the, the power of live theatre. This is what is so exciting about live theatre. You, everybody knows that all the characters I play are dead, but they still come to see them. Yeah. You know, Margaret Thatcher's dead, but you get a chance to say to Margaret, and, and there are some people in the audience who try to be clever and say things like, so what was you know, Dennis's favourite sexual position, or did you have a bikini wax, and things like that. And there are other people who are really furious with and want to get you. You destroyed my community. Yeah. That's my guy impersonation. Yes. You, you destroyed the whole of Wales. <laughs> <laughs> That's very good, actually. He's no great fan, is he? Have you? No, uh, and he's never seen it. Oh, wow. He refuses to come and see it because it's Margaret Thatcher. Wow, I didn't realise that. I just think it's fascinating, Guy. I hope you're hearing this. Yes, he'll, he'll go and He'll go in here, he'll go and watch me. He's directed me and he'll go and watch me as Adolf Hitler, the greatest murderer the world has ever known, but he won't come and watch Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> On principle. <laughs> On principle. Oh, that's a good, that's an expose. I shall talk to him about that one later. I should have asked him to direct it. Yes, I'm just saying, that would have been interesting. And then you've got, you've got uh, Einstein, of course, another fantastic, you know, character, another brilliant brain. Another what, brilliant was he interesting? Brain. He's fascinating. Uh, he's so fascinating. I don't, I'm being really serious now for a time. I was looking something up the other day and came across, just about two months ago, scientists um, studying black holes uh, realised that light was travelling through black holes and light beams were being bent. Now, this proves Einstein's theory of relativity that he published in 1915. Wow, yeah. So, a six years later they have just proved because I mean we mustn't forget his was all thinking it was all theoretical you know he did he wasn't a hand-on scientist he didn't prove anything 106 years later they have proved his theory of relativity that's pretty incredible isn't it I mean it's just mind-blowing and I'm not a scientist <laughs> no. you know I you know, I love maths but you know science I just find okay and did you, you did you like him as a character when you did the research I love him yeah he's, he's He's warm and cuddly, and well, he is the way I play him, and yeah. and, he, and and it's just it's just that idea to play somebody who's become a cartoon, really. The, the image of a, yes, uh, I'm a German professor with a crazy German Jewish accent. What's not to love? <laughs> yes. I have twinkly eyes. My <laughs> eyes do twinkle, don't they? <laughs> yes. They are very twinkly. I don't yeah. have to do the accent now. <laughs> yes, it's very easy. <laughs> No, I don't think so. Uh, I'm Nick Hennigan. We're talking to Pete Button. We're outside in the courtyard. If you can hear noise like water, well, it's not a river. It's actually raining here. Um, and just briefly, I know you've got a shoot as well in a minute. Churchill, I suppose, one of the classic characters. Yeah, that, another cla another character that people are divided about. You know, um, but again, I approach him. I, he's 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 a bit like Pooh Bear, uh, but just had more influence. 
and and I, I don't think that he's the, one of the characters like Bacon and like Einstein that I grew to love as I researched them. How interesting, yeah. That must be fascinating yeah. and great to do. Yeah, I mean, there are others. Margaret, Th Margaret Thatcher I didn't grow to like. Um, Charlie Chaplin I didn't grow to like. Uh, Charles oh, that's Dickens, interesting. I didn't why, grow to like. Why not Chaplin? I, I thought he was a nasty man. Yeah. Um, and today, you know, he'd have been banged up to rights on sexual abuse charges and... Um, no, I, I, I didn't like... I mean, somebody who can write their own biography and not mention the cameraman that worked with him for 30 years. Yeah, the ego went mad. You know, he's a bit of an ego maniac. So, no. But Churchill, I really love. I love playing Churchill. He's jolly and lovely and he's emotionally cries. I love people who cry. Yeah, I kind of, funny, I'm working on a play about Winston Churchill and Robert Lloyd George, the relationship between yeah. them, which may be at Edinburgh next year, everything yeah, crossed. Have you got a Churchill? Uh, no, not yet. Well, you know, I, I'm, <laughs> I'm very reasonable. <laughs> yeah, we I, e even to the point of being cheap. <laughs> yeah, we have a guess, it'll be a 400. Awfully good value. <laughs> and, let me tell you, dear boy, I also have the cigars. Oh, even better, and the costume. you're in. <laughs> And if it comes across as warmly as you presented Bacon, which I loved. And I must mention as well this, so, I, I must, I'll ask you who your favourite character is in the end, I'm sure you're asked that all the time. But this, this other play that you do, and before I forget, I love you, I love you. What, that sounds very interesting. Tell us about that. That's a tribute to my mother and uh, my father and to anybody else that has either suffered from or s suffered from the effects of Alzheimer's. Um, it's the most special thing I've ever written or, or performed. It doesn't exactly sell tickets well for theatres because it's about Alzheimer's. Um, but it is... I, it, it's a play about somebody whose wife dies of Alzheimer's and then he gets Alzheimer's as well. And so you see me... Um, descend into Alzheimer's and, uh, and and that's it and it came up here and I have to say it did so well it sold out it did great audiences and I think it's one of the most powerful things I've ever written yeah well and of course it's it's very topical sadly isn't yeah. it I mean it's, it's, it's it something is. that touches a lot of people yeah Alzheimer's is responsible for more deaths in the UK than anything else wow I didn't know that. including cancer Wow, yeah, that is remarkable, isn't it? Yeah. And so I've got to ask you, have you got a favourite character? Um, well, I love playing Churchill, and I love playing Bacon, and I love playing the Hunchback. And what's the, what's the, what's the, the story of the Hunchback? Hunchback is all about image. You know, it's the Beauty and the Beast story, and um, he's on the, the roof of... Notre Dame and he's with the body of uh, Esmeralda that he's rescued from the scaffold and he rails against, you know, he, he loves God, he worships God, but how could God have made him and made Esmeralda? Um, and how long have we got? We're all right, we're all right. right? Another, oh, another five minutes and, or so, yeah. And, uh, uh, Nick, 
would you kiss me? <laughs> no, you, you wouldn't kiss me, would you? Because I'm ugly, aren't I? And you, you know, the thing is, just because you won't kiss me doesn't mean I don't want to kiss you. Doesn't mean I don't want to wake up next to you in the m m morning. But it'll never happen because I'm ugly. Oh, that's very sad. I'd kiss you, Pip. <laughs> <laughs> very moving. And and so, so what what are the plans? I mean, it's, it's great to be back, in, even though it is raining, <laughs> and we're out in the courtyard. What what are your what are your plans sort of after Edinburgh and then going forward over the next year or so? Um, the plans are I, I've had a, a terror. I've had a lousy lockdown. It's taken away all energy for creativity. However. Somebody, I did a show about Casanova with a French, a, a very lovely, um, exciting French dancer, and she has come up with the idea of doing a play about um, Frida Kahlo and um, Trotsky, because they had a three-year affair, and it it could it could work. Other than that, I'm researching Hitchcock, Alfred Hitchcock, uh, to do that. Um, I'd like to bring Casanova up here. Um, and I know I shouldn't mention Guy too much, but Guy's asked me to write something for him. So I'm trying to think of something to write for Guy. How dare he not ask me as well? Anyway, that's something. No, he said, Nick's too busy. <laughs> Thank you for that, I suppose. <laughs> no, no, he said, Nick's too expensive. <laughs> oh, he would have said that, I'm sure. <laughs> so, so, any touring plans? I suppose that's all gone, you know, over the last 18 months. Yeah, it's, it's all gone to pot, but I mean, I'm in, I'm in Germany in November, I'm in Prague in November, um, January, February, I'm in Spain. Uh, March, I'm touring in the Netherlands. Um, so that's about as far as I, I think. That's pretty good. That's pretty busy. Yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased. You must love it. I mean, you, you said you love playing the characters. How do you find the touring life? Well, I love it. I mean, this is, you know, I didn't, I didn't get into this world until I was 46. Good for you. I'm now, by the time I start touring next year, I'll be 70. Don't look at either. Well and, done. No, that's very kind. You can kiss me, and um, <laughs> and and I am having an absolute blast. Here, I I meet lovely, lovely people. You like yourselves, really creative people who are actually doing things. Who are, yeah, actually trying to make the world a happier place, and a, and a more knowledgeable, a more informed place. And it's full of young people who are enthusiastic, who are breaking the mold, who are n who are not trying to copy. And I'm just I'm just having a blast, Nick. That's fantastic. And where can we find out more about you? Are you online? I'm online. I've got a website, and it's called putco.co.uk. It's a new one, so that's why I couldn't remember it. Uh, I also do Instagram and Facebook, but I actually I'm crap at it all. <laughs> I really am. I don't know how to do it. And if you send me an email, don't expect a quick reply. <laughs> well, let me tell you, I came and saw uh, uh, the show that you're still performing as we say this now, although, of course, some of this, this programme, the radio show, won't go until December. But if you're listening now on uh, bohemianbritain.com, which still makes me smile, then uh, you're sort of available. Uh, you're still at the Edinburgh Festival for another yeah. couple and of Yeah, and can shows. I do a plug? Yeah, please Everybody do. Everybody does a plug. On September the 4th, 
I'm appearing uh, in SW16. I'm doing Adolf for Secret Garden Concerts, um, which is a wonderful, wonderful organisation that are putting outdoor venues. I've never played Adolf outdoors before. The guy who organises it is really looking forward to, to putting my swastika on his roof. <laughs> and uh, it would be lovely to see anybody there. SW16. I'll, yeah. yeah. Let's get the details and I'll put it you on get the a blog. Press I'll, yeah. I'll arrange it. Yeah, okay, With fantastic. Yeah. That'd be great. How about how sycophantic can I get? Oh no, don't worry, man. That's lovely. I mean we've got <laughs> we've had a red wine each. We've had a red wine each. <laughs> you paid for them. Yeah, that's, that's kind of all right. Yeah. <laughs> oh well thank you so much, Pipperton. It's, it's been my a pleasure, pleasure talking to you, it. mate. It's been great seeing you as well at the, at the festival. Um, and that's all we've got time for this time. But uh, thank you very much. I shall be around more Edinburgh stuff to come. Uh, I'm Nick Hennigan. This is on BohemianBritain.com the London Literary Pub Crawl.com and Residence 104.4 FM. <laughs>